Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're looking at a very specific market. Manhattan is one of the most dense markets in the world. Over the past seven years, there have been more than 16,200 units completed in New York in a total of 682 buildings. But today, roughly one in four of these units remains unsold. This is astounding when you consider the traditional model for condo development is to have a high percentage of units pre-sold prior to breaking ground on the project. Some lenders require 80% of the units to be pre-sold. Clearly, that hasn't happened. Prices in some of the newest towers are being reduced. At the same time, we hear continually there's a lack of affordable housing in the New York area. It's true. Housing in New York is hard to come by. Many people who have six-figure incomes will rent. Others will have a roommate in order to make ends meet. Much of the vacancy is in the luxury and ultra-luxury segment. Manhattan, like some other gateway city markets, notably Miami and San Francisco, have seen a boom of investment from outside the U.S. Much of this has come from mainland China and Hong Kong. And today, there's a significant slowdown in money coming from abroad. While the U.S. remains one of the most desirable places for global investors to park cash, various headwinds have made the flow of money slow to a trickle. According to a report in the New York Times this week, there's also a shadow inventory of units for sale. This inventory is being held by the developers and doesn't appear on the market. If you include these units, local experts estimate that there are as many as 9,000 unsold units. Of the 12,133 new condos sold between 2013 and August of this year, 38% have appeared on the market as rentals. That's an alarming number. New York condos are not a great cash flow play. You're paying over $4,000 per square foot for new condos in New York, and the rents are anywhere from $10 to $15 per square foot. That means a tiny 400-square-foot one-bedroom apartment in a luxury tower could run you about $5,000 a month in rent. That doesn't come close to making the numbers work as an investment. The search for affordable apartments in New York turns up a lot of listings at around three dollars to $5,000 per month. It's all relative. The fact is rents are falling in New York. Across the city, rental vacancy rate was most recently recorded at 3.63%, which translates to about 79,000 units. That sounds like a lot, but you've got to remember it's a big city. The number of units for rent under $2,000 is very, very low. The national vacancy rate is 6.9%, and the vacancy rate in New York City is at its highest in Manhattan at 4.73%, and its lowest in the Bronx at 2.71%. That's really where the lowest prices are. New York City vacancy rate varies greatly by price, with higher vacancy among the more expensive apartments and lower vacancy among the less expensive apartments. The vacancy rate for apartments over 2500 a month, for example, is 8.74%. These numbers suggest that renters who are looking at lower price points are going to face much lower inventory and much more competition than renters who are searching in the higher price points. Of course, price point doesn't really communicate anything about quality. There's some really poor quality apartments renting at very high prices. On the demand side, New York continues to add a lot of high-quality jobs. Despite Amazon's announcement to pull out of its planned expansion into Long Island City, several other tech businesses are expanding their presence in New York, including Google, Facebook, Twitter, and Salesforce.com. So what does all this have to do with supply and demand? We're seeing the top end of the market as being oversupplied, and the middle of the market and below is traditionally undersupplied. There's really no good reason for New York to be that much more expensive than the rest of the country. Building materials cost pretty much the same regardless where you put them. 
but the underlying land is incredibly expensive, and the cost of labor doing construction in New York is much higher than the rest of the country. There's also a lot of regulations, and working in very tight conditions can be expensive. Since most buildings are built to the property line, there's no place to store materials outside the building. Buildings need to be designed to absorb all the materials on the inside. Street closures are not an option, so you need to drive the cement trucks into what will eventually become the lobby of the building. And the design needs to accommodate the more complex construction process that results. The approvals process can also be very lengthy. Many major buildings take five to seven years, making it virtually impossible to time the opening of a building with the economic cycle. Once a project is launched, it's really a one-way street. There's no viable path apart from completion. But when so much time passes between concept and completion, there's considerable risk. I'm definitely in favor of development, and probably 90% of our business consists of new construction, but I'm not in favor of building in areas where the delay between concept and completion is so large. There's simply too much risk that the economic conditions, specifically the balance of supply and demand, can change dramatically over that time period. And that's what we're seeing in New York City. Whether you're looking to buy or to build, pay very close attention not just at what's happening in the market averages, but in specific segments of the market. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.